Welcome to A Flame for Christ, homilies to set your heart on fire with love for Jesus Christ. My name is Father Joseph Gill, a priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and you've joined us as together we discuss the power of the rosary. So the year was 1571, and it was one of the most important battles that was ever going to be fought in Europe. It was the Battle of Lepanto off the small coastal town in Italy called Lepanto, where the Ottoman Empire was trying to make one last foray into Europe. If they won this battle, they would have taken the Italian peninsula and probably been able to then march over the Alps and into mainland Europe. This was a critical battle and one that the, that the Christians were very much outnumbered. There was about 12,000 more Ottoman troops than there were Christians, and there was a significant number of more boats that the Ottomans had than the Christians. And so because of these long odds, the Christians were rather nervous about entering into this battle. And so the Pope at the time, Pope Pius V, urged that everybody in the entire city of Rome pray for the success of this battle, and in particular, pray the rosary for the success of this battle. Well, lo and behold, in October, on October 7th, 1571, the battle was fought, and the battle, surprisingly, was won by the Christians. It really saved Christian, the Christian West with this resounding victory that, that really was the last time that the Ottomans, the Muslims, tried to invade Europe. And so because of this, October has always been named as the month of the Holy Rosary. And as we prepare to enter into that great month of October, let's talk about what is the power of the rosary. How can we make the rosary one of the most powerful prayers that we ourselves can pray? So first of all, you know, look at the testimony of the saints as to the power of the rosary. In fact, it was Blessed Pius IX who said, Give me an army saying the rosary, and I will conquer the world. You know, St. Padre Pio would often refer to the rosary as his weapon, and he would say, Bring me my weapon! You may have seen not too long ago that The Atlantic magazine ran an article talking about how some people, quote-unquote, are weaponizing the rosary. But the truth is, it's an incredible spiritual weapon. So in a sense, they were half right. Yeah, not politically weaponizing, but certainly spiritually weaponizing. In fact, Don Columba Marmion, a great uh, spiritual writer, said that the rosary against sin is much like David versus Goliath. You know, David seemed to, seemed to have absolutely nothing except five small stones against the magnitude of this huge man, Goliath. And in the same way, the rosary looks like nothing. It looks like a beaded necklace. necklace. And yet its secret hidden power relies in the power of God that instills those who pray the rosary with the strength to overcome sin and overcome evil. A few years ago, I had the great privilege of helping with an exorcism. And I remember that at a certain point during the exorcism, the demons cried out of the boy and said, we can't have him, we can't have him. And everyone was like, well, why, why can't you have him? And he said, because his family prays the rosary. Because his family prays the rosary. That's why Satan could not have this young boy. Now, why? Why is the rosary that powerful? And why is the Blessed Mother that powerful? Ultimately, because, you know, Mary was immaculately conceived. She had what, going all the way back to Genesis, it says there's enmity between the woman and the serpent, right? Enmity literally means that there's nothing in common. They have no common ground. And so Mary has nothing in common with Satan. Everything that Mary is, everything that, that she has, all belongs completely and totally to God. And Satan is insanely jealous of that. All of us, because of original sin, ultimately are under the power of Satan to begin our life. That's why, as a, as a priest, before you give, someone, give a child a baptism, you actually have to perform a very simple minor exorcism on them to take them out of the kingdom of Satan to put them into the kingdom of God. 
But Mary, however, was never under the kingdom of Satan. Mary was always under the kingdom of God. And for this reason, Satan hates Mary. And there's no more beautiful prayer to our Blessed Mother than the rosary, because the rosary really is like holding the hand of our Blessed Mother as she walks with us. I know I can testify to the power of the rosary in my own life. So when I was a young boy, my family prayed the rosary once a week on the way to church. We lived about 20 minutes away from our church, and my parents would make sure that we prayed. They'd look in that rearview mirror to make sure our mouths were moving. But I can tell you, I did not love the rosary. I found it very dry, very boring, and I couldn't really understand why we had to repeat all these prayers over and over again. So finally, as I experienced my deep conversion to Christ around the year of six, uh, when I was 16 years old, that Lent, I decided I was going to take on the worst penance I could ever think of, and that was to pray the rosary every day. It was really tough, and I tried to get through it as fast as possible. I could say a rosary in nine minutes flat. flat. I was just like flying through this thing, a totally speed demon. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. I was like an auctioneer, you know, saying the, the Hail Marys. But do you know how, how long psychologists say it takes to form or break a habit? I've heard various studies, but on average, it's about between 28 and 30 days. So thankfully, Lent is 40 days, or 46 if you count the Sundays, and therefore, you have a pretty good start on forming this new habit. And so I found that when Lent was over, I could not put the rosary down. I loved it, and I began to pray it every day. And so I've prayed it every day since I was 16 years old, and I absolutely love the power of it. Why? Because the rosary is, as Saint, Pope St. Saint John Paul the Great said, he's, it's looking at the life of Christ through the eyes of Mary. Looking at the life of Christ through the eyes of Mary. Well, what a beautiful vision that is, because ultimately it's a Christological prayer. But no one loved Christ as much as Mary did. And so we're asking that we take on Mary's eyes, Mary's perspective, Mary's heart, Mary's immaculate heart, through which we can love Christ and meditate on his mysteries. You know, I had another friend who uh, was really struggling with, with lust and, and a deep addiction to pornography, and, and he really struggled with it for a long time. And he'd be praying all the time and say, Lord, Lord, when am I going to be free from this addiction? And he felt the Lord say in his soul, when you have prayed one rosary for every time you've committed this sin of impurity, you will be free. And he's like, wow, man, I got a lot of rosaries to pray. But he found that when he did that, when he started praying the rosary every day, slowly but surely, he was loosed of his sin. In large part, and especially for men, men who are addicted to perhaps looking at impure images, as men were very much attracted to image, you know, we're very visual people. And so when we use our imagination, now I'm talking about that in the, the technical Thomistic term, which is the faculty of the mind that brings back images. You know, if you close your mind and think of an apple, you know, you can do that. And that's your imagination bringing an image back into your mind. And so when you use that imagination, that, that image part of your brain to focus not on the, perhaps the dirty images you've seen, but rather the life of Mary, the life of Jesus, the crucifixion, the resurrection, these beautiful mysteries, that starts to weaken the negative images we've put in there by replacing them with much more positive images, with images that are going to ultimately lead us to the heart of Christ. And so the rosary is so incredibly powerful in that sense of you know, allowing us to focus on these beautiful mysteries of our salvation, but looking at them then through the heart and the mind of our Blessed Mother. Another, I want to share with you another story of how powerful the rosary is, and that's the story of Blessed Bartolo Longo. He's a saint that not too many people know about. Bartolo Longo was, uh, grew up in the 1800s, and he was originally from Pompeii, Italy. So they eventually rebuilt the town of Pompeii, you know, which, of course, Mount Vesuvius had destroyed. 
And so when they rebuilt Pompeii, a lot of people moved in and he was among them and he grew up as a normal Catholic. But when he went to college, he fell in with some people who were very much into spiritism and they'd go to seances and do all sorts of things to try to contact demons, to have knowledge of the future and power over the world. And it got to the point that he actually asked to be ordained a satanic priest. And so he was, and he said it was the most terrifying experience of his life because he'd look around and he'd see all these demons just flying around in the room. But he still continued to celebrate these black masses, which are masses that desecrate the Eucharist. You know, someone would spit on it and trample on it or do unspeakable things to our Lord and his, his blessed sacrament. And so he celebrated these satanic masses for quite some time, but he was always troubled by knowing that he's serving Satan. You know, and so finally, after a while, he went and saw the priest uh, on the college campus where he was studying. And the priest told him, yeah, okay, you got to get out of this. You know, so he did. He left and he went to confession, but he was still deeply burdened by the guilt of knowing that he had served Satan for so long. And it got to the point of this guilt that after several years, he said, I can't live with this guilt anymore. I'm going to take my own life. And so he set a date for his own suicide. Well, the night before he was planning to take his life, He had a dream, and in the dream, our Blessed Mother held out a rosary to him and said, If you pray this rosary and teach others to do so, you will be saved. And so when he woke up, he knew what his life's mission was going to be. He started to pray the rosary, and he started to, as a layman, travel around Italy and preach about the power of the rosary. Literally by hand, he would build this church in Pompeii dedicated to Our Lady of the Rosary, and the church is still there today. You can go and visit it. But he had this complete conversion because of the power of the rosary. It gave him a new hope, knowing that he was not alone in seeking his salvation. He rather had a great and beautiful uh, advocate, uh, a mother, Mary, who was there with him. And as a sign of being there with him, she gave him the the rosary as this beautiful, powerful tool to overcome uh, the the struggles that he had had, the guilt and, and the past life that he was living. But how do we pray it well? Because... Our Protestant brothers and sisters do say, well, it's just repetitious prayer over and over again. You know, what's the whole point of that? Well, the whole point of that is, first of all, do you ever get tired of telling your spouse that you love them? You could say it over and over again. And after a while, you know, perhaps you run out of ways to say it. Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you more than the sky. I love you more than the sun. And eventually you kind of run out of, of ways of saying it. And so it's okay to say it again and again in the same way, like every day. Because that repetition drives it deeper into your heart and drives it deeper into the heart of your beloved. And in the same way, when we pray the Hail Mary, we are saying over and over again, Mary, I love you. Jesus, I love you. You think about the Hail Mary itself. It's a very scriptural prayer. The first part, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. That comes from the angel Gabriel at the Annunciation. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. That comes from Elizabeth at the Visitation. And the very crux then is, blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. The heart of that prayer is Jesus. And then the second half of that prayer is all about asking Mary to pray for us now, which is where we need the grace right here and now, and at the hour of our death, at that critical moment when we're going to enter into eternity. And so we pray it as a way of just invoking our Blessed Mother's prayers and intercession for us. You know, there's four things that we can focus on when we're praying the rosary. We can focus on, first of all, the mystery itself. You know, so if we're focusing on the visitation or, or the Annunciation, we can put ourselves there in that scene. You know, in the Annunciation, we see, okay, well, what is Mary doing before the angel appears? Maybe she's reading scripture. Maybe she's just doing ordinary chores. Maybe she's meditating. Maybe she's gardening. Whatever she's doing, she's just kind of living her ordinary life. 
And then we see this angel. What does the angel look like? Where does the angel appear? Does it come through the door, through the window? Do you just see a light? How does this angel look like? And then you see this beautiful dialogue. And listen to the dialogue. And maybe maybe uh, allow God to use your imagination to insert more words in that dialogue. Because certainly, perhaps the angel Gabriel said more things. Did Gabriel come and kneel down? Is Gabriel standing? What was Mary's reaction? What were her emotions when she felt this? And then you see, as, as Gabriel leaves, what did Mary do after that? You know, was she pondering it in her heart? Did she want to go and tell Joseph? Was she fearful, joyful? What, what was going on in that scene? And put yourself in that scene. Are you like Mary, you know, that you need to surrender to God's will and say, Behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord? Are you like uh, the angel Gabriel, who was very blessed to be entrusted with this mission of now telling the world about the coming of Jesus Christ? Because all of us are called to evangelize. So there's so many ways in which we can enter into the mystery of the rosary itself, using our imagination, using our intellect to kind of figure out what, well, what is this mystery really all about? But that's only one of four things we can think about. As we're praying the rosary, we can think about the virtue that's associated with each mystery. So for example, in the Annunciation, Mary has this great surrender, fiat, let it be done to me according to thy word. What a beautiful virtue to have that self-surrender to God. And we can pray for that virtue. Lord, give me that ability to surrender my life more and more to you. We can focus on the words that we're saying. Our fathers, the Hail Marys, which as we mentioned, is scriptural, comes right out of the Bible. We can focus on our intentions for the rosary. Lord, I pray this for my uncle. I pray this for my grandparents. I pray this for my children. You know, we pray these mysteries for others, knowing that whenever we pray, even if we're all alone, we're praying with the whole body of Christ. You know, a wise priest once told me, pray as you can, not as you can't. So find a way to pray the rosary that works for you. For example, I really can't pray the rosary sitting down. You know, I, I, I just find that to be too dull, my brain doesn't work that way. So I start walking around, even in the rain or the snow, I'll take out an umbrella and I'll just walk around uh, the campus here at my church and, and just pray the rosary walking. Sometimes I pray it in the car. And that's a good way to, to take a very long car trip and make something very profitable out of it. Don't pray it. I, I don't recommend praying it as you're trying to fall asleep in bed. Sometimes you'll hear Catholic speakers say, oh, well, you know, your guardian angel will fa- finish your rosary for you. No, they won't. That's not, the, that's not a thing. Also, don't pray it mindlessly. You know, don't just recite the words as if it was some sort of magical formula. It's not. We have to make sure that we're conscious about how we're praying the rosary and making sure that's really our whole heart and soul being put into it. Don't pray the rosary during Mass. Some people do that, but that's, that's not the right time or place for the rosary. But pray frequently. I recommend the rosary every day. In fact, Our Lady at Fatima encouraged us to pray the rosary every day because it really is such a powerful prayer. And even psychologists notice some very profound things that happen in ourselves when we pray the rosary because saying the Hail Mary is very much like saying some sort of meditative mantra. I don't mean to get all Eastern meditation on us, but when we say repetitive things over and over again, it does start to calm our mind. We notice that our stress level goes down, our breathing becomes regulated, and we just kind of feel more at peace. And so it's such a blessing to have this prayer that we can go back to over and over again that is repetitive because that is what helps to calm our minds. You know, as our lips pray this prayer, our minds are opened up to the grace of God. We speak to Christ and Christ speaks to us through the power of the rosary. And so, my friends, I I beg you to pray the rosary every day. Pray it well. Pray it knowing that it's a weapon, a spiritual weapon in this fight that we're in, a weapon that's immensely powerful, bringing sinners back from the the, the dead, of bringing uh, peace in our families, of bringing healing, whatever healing we need. The rosary is immensely powerful. Pray it well, and we will be saved.